0: It's a beast with an unquenchable thirst and an unsatiated, ravenous appetite. It is a monster cursed by the very land itself, and those that come across it very seldom survive. Those that do know not to venture into the woods alone. For it may find themselves within the gaze of the skinwalker. My father told me a story once, I'll never forget it, for a few reasons. I think, I think it's the first story he ever told me as a child. It's also the story of how my grandfather died, but honestly that's not the reason hear stories on TV or sometimes you overhear something in a public place people talk about ghosts and aliens and you think to yourself that's not real they're making it up or they're mistaken or they're crazy something like that but you just can't believe it that is until something happens something that brings it all together connects all the dots in a way you didn't think of before maybe it happens to you or maybe you hear the same story again and again from different people, but it doesn't take long for the world to become a lot bigger than you thought it was. As I said, this is a story my father told me, but I never believed it. Even though he swore up and down it was true It wasn't until I started clicking around the internet that I started to believe. I started to hear stories just like the one my father told me. It didn't take me long to believe after that. That's not what my father called it, of course. He's never used the internet in his life. He wouldn't know what the online community had taken to calling it. When he chose to call it something other than it or that thing, he called it a skinwalker. After an old Cherokee tale, his grandfather told him. But I'll tell you the story the way he told it to me. We were out hunting one night in the woods surrounding the old dairy farm in Ohio where we lived at the time. He'd tell me, we were tracking coyote. We'd kill them for 50 bucks a skin. They'd kill calves sometimes. We'd do it every night just because we need the money. Sometimes, while we were out, we'd come across a deer and kill it. Our landlord didn't mind and it could feed our family for a few nights and save us some money. Anyway, we were done making our rounds and heading home, walking, cause we didn't have a car or a four-wheeler back then. we just cut through the woods. That's when we came upon it. Blood everywhere, splattered on the trees and the grass. the creek everywhere at first we figured it was a pack of coyotes and we'd seen how sometimes when they weren't able to scavenge for whatever reason they'd start hunting deer or cattle out of desperation the worst was when they breed with feral dog. But this wasn't like that. You see, when a pack of dogs, or wolves, or coyote attack something, they do it right. They'll pick off one that's weak, or sick, old, or maybe just small. They'll hunt it, draw it to a corner, some place it can't get out of, and they'll run it right to the biggest one, the alpha. And that deer will never see that alpha. It might hear it, but it won't see it. All of a sudden, its throat will be torn out, and it'll drop dead. It's quick, and it's clean. That's not what happened here. Something had come a call, and upon the coyote. Coyotes won't attack. A group. Wolves wouldn't either. They'd get too much of a fight. There were three, I think. Three bodies, just torn apart. You'd see a head or a torso here. A leg there. Predators don't do that. They don't leave scraps behind. Whatever had done this hadn't done it for food. It done it for fun. But we didn't know that at the time, of course. We just saw a bunch of carcasses and figured it's something we had to take care of. I remember my dad telling me to go home. That he had thought it was the work of a pack of feral dogs. (coughs) But I wasn't leaving him. And I damn sure wasn't hiking through two miles of woods alone in the dark with nothing but a 22 and a pocket knife. I was only 13 at the time, so a twenty-two rifle was the only gun I could reliably use. Dad had a shotgun, and I wasn't going anywhere without him. It took me a while to convince him, but finally we gave tracking ever had done that. It wasn't hard either. We just followed the blood. Either that thing bled a deer before it got away or it dragged it for one mile. I don't know. But what I do know is that I'd never seen my dad Scared before that night. We started hearing the most horrible sounds. Now, I've been in the woods a lot in my life. And I've seen and been all over the world. But I never heard noises like I heard that night. I heard things screaming I heard deer, fox, rabbits, raccoons, and birds all of them afraid of something and hightailing it keep in mind this is maybe 12 or 1 o'clock in the morning except for foxes and some birds Nothing was supposed to be awake at that hour. But they were. And they weren't just awake, mind you. They were on the run. That night, I saw a flock of birds flying straight into trees trying to escape... something. We came upon a pack of coyotes and nearly shot a couple, thinking that they had their eyes on us. But then, we saw they were running from something. Nothing towards us, though. They didn't even notice us. They went right past. Then, some deer did the same. And then some rabbits, squirrels, and foxes even a couple of wild hogs. These critters were supposed to be hunting each other and the only thing they cared about at this time was getting as far away as possible from whatever it was chasing them. We should have put two and two together that maybe whatever we were tracking wasn't something we were supposed to see and wasn't something we could kill. And to this day, I don't know why we just didn't go home. I guess we were curious. I think that was my dad's nature to go towards trouble to the fight and being aware of these things my father did during the war I figured it was best to stay by his side we finally reached the open valley it was normally a soy field but It wasn't in season, so it was just flat dirt. That's when we saw the tracks. Animals fleeing the forest had leveled up everything in their path. But where that deer bled, nothing had taken a single step It was like whatever was responsible that had left it for us to find. These tracks were shallow. Whatever it was couldn't have weighed more than a few, maybe a hundred pounds. But that didn't mean much. A bobcat weighing 40 pounds soaking wet could tear out your throat if you ain't careful. The fact this thing was lighter just meant it was probably quick. It was going to be very tough to hit. So we followed the tracks and it didn't take us long to find where they led. There's an old schoolhouse that sits on the top of the hill half of it had been ripped out by tornado but nobody lived there not for a long long time sometimes we'd caught homeless people in there or drug addicts looking for a safe place to shoot up we figured maybe that was it maybe it was some sick kid riding a high but We didn't think that for too long. When we got within 50 yards, we heard a noise, a sort of screech made up of two different sounds, one high pitched and another was a low growl. It was making both sounds at the same time. If that makes any sense at all. We approached to within 20 yards, and we heard another sound, different this time. I remember thinking that it sounded like paper being torn apart while someone was swinging water back and forth in a bucket. Dad looked at me, knelt down, and whispered. He told me I had to stay behind him because they were about to corner their prey. Any animals willing to fight will fight when it's cornered, especially a predator. But we can tell by the tracks that there's only one He tells me it's probably a single feral dog. Most likely rabbit. The plan, he said, was to sneak up on it and while it was eating, shoot it. And then keep shooting it until it didn't move no more. Then slit its throat. If it got to dad, it was my job to shoot it or stab it to get it off. So he walked up with me right behind him just a tad to his side so I can see what it is. I wish to this day I hadn't. It was leaning over a carcass tearing off its flesh and throwing it like it didn't Want a nibble at all. There was blood all over the bricks, glistening in the moonlight. It was pale white, and it looked a little like a man, but not quite human. It had arms and legs like ours, but it sat like a monkey hunched over. Its hands weren't normal. It had long fingers with claws at the end. So we saw that and my dad hesitated. He wasn't about to fire at a person. So he cleared his throat to try to get it to turn around. I swear to God almighty, all the noises just ceased in an instant. It ain't... Never, never in my life, I ain't ever heard truer silence before that. And never, never again afterwards. But... For two seconds nothing made no noise. And I mean nothing. This made it all the louder when that thing turned around and made it shrill cry and pounced on Dad. He got a shot off. I think he missed. If he hit it It didn't phase the thing one bit, but it was on him, tearing entire parts of him off. I start shooting it with the .22 point blank, but it barely bled at it at all. I got off five rounds and then I started hitting it with the butt of the gun. It didn't budge or even register that I was there. It was clawing at my dad, removing whole chunks of his flesh. It started on his torso, peeling off the skin on his chest, and then moved up. It tore out his throat and ripped his nose clean off and gouged out his eyes. Then scalped him and started digging in. I stood there, helpless, as it ripped off the bottom half of his jaw. little bones that had tubes in his neck and then his ribs I don't exactly remember what happened but somehow dad's knife ended up in this thing's shoulder and my dad well what was left of him ended up on my back I was running and by god I was going faster than I have ever run before or even after. And it was following me. I ended up back in the forest opposite the woods we started in. I was heading toward my landlord's house because it was the closest thing to help nearby. But even that was half a mile away All the while, I can hear this thing screeching and moaning. I heard branches cracking and getting thrown around. And I was cracking so loud. Often, that sound sounded like someone was taking an axe to every single tree I passed. But I never looked back. Not once. The thought didn't even cross my mind. Finally, I tripped and fell over some gravel. And I looked up to see my landlord and a bunch of his buddies drinking at a campfire. I screamed and cried, and they came over. I told them to call an ambulance, and my landlord looked at me and said something I'll never forget. "'What's that on your back?' he asked me. Just as the words left his mouth... It dawned on him, without my saying a single word. It was one of those god-awful, fangled shirts that my dad wore everywhere, he realized. And it was damn near all that was left of my dad. Aside from some bits of my father's head and torso, that's all there was, absolutely nothing below the waist. Suddenly we heard it the screeching my landlord grabbed me causing me to drop what was left of my dad on the ground I was fighting for him crying because I thought I could still save him somehow But the truth was My dad had been gone Well before I ever picked him up And all I'd done was carry a corpse back home. My landlord had to pick me up and throw me inside before I would go with him. He and his buddies, all of us, went inside together. And they locked the doors and got their guns. The landlord asked me, what happened, what happened? But I didn't know what to tell him. He pieced enough of it together to understand that there was something dangerous out there. All the lights in the house were on and someone called the cops. They would get here as soon as they could, but that would only mean that it would be about 15 minutes, possibly longer. We looked outside and saw it walk in just in front Of the fire that they had made. No one knew what it was. One of them said it looked like an ape. Suddenly something came crashing through the window and we all fired at it, but barely realized it wasn't the thing. No, it was my landlord's dog. Well, his body anyway. His head and his legs were missing. We had just started pushing a few things in front of the doors and windows to form something of a barricade when we heard something in the garage. I remember one of his friends saying that the doors were open. We heard metal and glass being ripped and smashed. We dragged a couch in front of the door and a TV to the front door of the garage for added measure. It banged around some more, but then it got quiet. Not silent like it was before. We could hear it move and the guys were talking, making sure that their guns were ready. Someone handed me a pistol. No sooner than I had cocked the hammer back when we started to hear something shatter upstairs. Then we heard it screech again, except this time it was louder, and it didn't echo and fade out because it was inside. We had all rushed to the one door that led upstairs, and when we got to it, just as that thing did, it opened just a bit. And four or five men just slammed into it and managed to get its hand through. Someone with a shotgun took care of that, put the barrel right up to the wrist and pulled the trigger, blew his hand clean off. That that only pissed it off, though. It started shoving at the door, clawing. We were on one side, pushing as best we could, and it was on the other, doing the same. The wood wasn't going to hold. So someone told us to keep our heads down low. Suddenly, the top half of the door was gone, and my ears were ringing. There were splinters everywhere. Two or three of them had just unloaded at the top of the door don't really know where it went after that the police got there i was still glued to what was left of that door the sun was up before they had pried me loose they put me in the hospital for a while while i was there a whole lot of people talked to me but i didn't respond Not for a long, long time. When I got back home, I got a job for the landlord. Working on the farm. We didn't talk much. Not about the thing. But I signed up for the army. And when I was 19, and he sat me down to drink some scotch as a send-off... I asked him right away what the police told him. The story they went with was it was a wild animal, probably a wolf, or maybe a bear that had migrated north. I asked him how could they say something like that when they had the hand. He looked at me stunned. He told me that hand never made it back to the station the cop who had it in his car got into a wreck drove into a tree and died on impact the hand was never found they're likely taken by an animal the cops when they would acknowledge the hand existed at all said it simply was a paw of a bear that just resembled a man's. I never talked to the landlord again after that. He went missing while I was on basic training, and no one ever saw him again. There were rumors that he owed some people money and just skipped town, but I don't think it was that simple. As for me, I never went back to those woods. I wouldn't even have had the whole goddamn army at my bank. That was the extent of my father's tale, of what he told me of the incident that happened in those woods. There's just one problem, however. My father lied. When my mother died, I don't think my father felt he had anything left and that he might as well settle old scores. He returned to those old woods, and he never came back either. The FBI was called, and they came and put on a show for everyone involved, but I knew... They weren't really looking. I had to get an agent drunk and slip him a few fifties before he had told me that they just got a few calls about those woods every year. About someone up and vanishing. But that was all he wanted to tell me before he got up and left with the rest of his team. He wrote a name they'd been given the creature on a napkin. Of course, I didn't realize that's what it was at first. It wasn't until I put the whole word in the search engine online that I understood what they meant. Honestly, I would rather have not known. As it turns out, there are hundreds of stories just like my father's, as well as photos and drawings of the thing. And though the very details vary, everyone who has ever encountered it agrees on one thing, It's still out there. And there isn't a man on Earth that can stop it. Hey guys, this is Darkness here. I hope you enjoyed our little tale tonight. And I want to thank you for staying and listening. I'll be bringing you more content soon. Legends and cryptids from around the world. So, if you have any stories or any legends that you wish me to dive into, feel free to let me know. If you're listening on Spotify or Anchor, feel free to drop a voice note or Apple Podcast. Write me a comment. I do read them. If you haven't already, if you like the content, subscribe. Maybe share. Anyway, guys, again, thank you. Now get some sleep turn out those lights and venture into the darkness sweet dreams guys